everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Anything But Typical podcast. And we've got a really fun, dynamic duo for you, Mary Don Hewitt and Joe Hewitt. And Mary Don, what a great Southern name. I mean, and we're going to get into more of that, I'm sure. But their entrepreneurial journey is really interesting. Um, and so, but here's the scenario. They are big yoga aficionados and not just any yoga. They like it, you know, Southern yoga, 105 degrees, hot yoga. So they go to melting point yoga and you guys are getting your mats ready, getting ready to sweat like crazy. And um, somebody is talking in the back about you. They're new, they're new to the area or whatever, but they've known you. They're talking about you. They don't think uh, that you can hear them over the yoga calming music. If there is such a thing in hot yoga, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I would think so. I've done some yoga. And uh, what is it that you would like them to be saying about you? Start with you, Mary Dawn. Um, yeah, so I would love for anyone to say about me that um, as they've known me, I have always honored principles before personality. Mm. Um, and by that, um, what that means is that, um, and especially for like people that have worked for me, um, I will always take your telephone call. There's not a bigger name on the other line, um, <clears throat> to wax kind of Covey-esque. Um, I, you know, I honor the absence. I, I don't talk crap about people. We talk about ideas and events. You don't talk about people. Um, and um, that I was some that I'm a safe person. Um, I am trustable <clears throat> and I honor what you authentically bring to any conversation we need to have. Oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> principles before personalities that's really good uh joe what about you what would you like somebody to be saying about you yeah so um well i'm a pisces you know and if you know anything about pisces uh, some would call us wishy-washy but i would say that we're very accepting and we're very um we begin we can very easily understand the different sides and the different perspectives that individuals bring. Uh, so as a result of that, um, I would want people to say that, you know, he's, he's very accepting. He makes me feel at ease. He makes me feel very comfortable. Um, because if we can't engage, we can't connect, where are we, right? So, yeah. <clears throat> Good. So I wanna jump in before we get into the actual questions. Uh, in conversation and just give everybody a quick little background of, of how you got here, what you're doing now. So Mary Dawn and Joe are the co-founders of Group Easy, uh, which is a platform for group productivity. We'll dive more into that, of course. And Mary Dawn is currently the CEO and Joe is the COO and the CTO. And then prior to that, Mary Dawn has some experience as a COO on the global level. And uh, Joe has some founding experience that we're going to dive into as well. And then both have 
some VP experience at very large Fortune 50 uh, companies. And so they've got a wide array of different sizes of organizations, different roles, all of that. And it's, it's pretty unique. So I want to start on that, that vice president experience of coming, going from such a big company or both big companies, right? Wells Fargo and IBM um, for each of you. Why move away from being inside such large organizations? <clears throat> well, so when I got started, um, the safe place, leaving uh, college environment, uh, academic environment, where I'd taught for a couple years, was working for a large corporation. And um, after having done that for a while, that kind of ran into the ran up to the the 2000 dot com bubble, uh, if you will. And I just saw a lot of opportunities uh, in an entrepreneurial type startup role where you, you know exactly what the value is you bring to the table every day. Whereas, you know, when you're in a large corporate environment, um, people can hide in that environment for years and never add any value whatsoever. And so that was a turnoff for me. Um, and that's what led me into the entrepreneurial kind of a space. Okay. Hey, where did that mentality come from prior to that? Did, was there any entrepreneurial experience, anything in your family? Was it part of your academics? No, not at all. Uh, my dad was uh, from that generation where you joined a company and worked for 35 years. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, one of the reasons I left academia was um, um, an overcomfort that I saw among many professors that um, had tenure. <clears throat> and, you know, I began to see that same kind of uh, comfort level in large companies. And mm. uh, I just like the thrill, the excitement. Um, maybe it's the risk taking. Uh, I'm a hang I used to be a hang glider pilot and a glider pilot. So you may say that and Mary Dawn was, too. So you may say that we're a little bit of uh, uh, risk takers and adrenaline junkies by nature. Mary Dawn, you want to jump in there? <laughs> I, wanted to, I, I felt like it's important to say that um, that Joe was a marathon runner. Um, and his so so because of who he is and how he's nature, his first marathon was the Grandfather Mountain Marathon. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, Most people would pick the Disney Marathon or something like that. And Smarter people may do that. <laughs> uh, when I knew him, he would take his house key and run in shorts and tennis shoes, and he would just go out. And he's been so, so, and that could be up the grandfather in the middle of a snowstorm and he's got to get back down. So I'm just saying he's wired for the competitive, uh, you know, how's this going to work kind of process. <laughs> and then what about, what about on your end, Mary Dawn? What, uh, what prompted you to, uh, to make a change from, uh, from Wells Fargo? So I'd love to tell you that that was, you know, that it was all that cerebral. Um, but 
had been in financial services for a long time. I started out as a, a, a programmer, um, moved over to the data side, got into the enterprise process side. And, um, I've, and so in the, and I was very, very proud to be a Wachovian. Um, in the middle of merger mania, um, there was just a lot of job shifting and, uh, and, and political struggle, et cetera. And I, I, I got to a place where I felt like um, I was no longer um, being effective as a leader, as a teammate, and it was time to do something different. What year was that, Mary Donna, approximately, when you decided to do something different? I'm going to say 2012, 2013. What about on that, that timeline is interesting because, Joe, yours was significantly earlier, right? You were talking about being close to the, uh, the dot-com uh, yeah. bubble there. Mary Dawn, what role, if any, did... <clears throat> seeing Joe's journey and his experience after leaving IBM, what role did that play uh, for you at all? So. Steady paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would, what I would have said was that somebody had to say it. Somebody had to be at least in town um, because we had, three kids, healthy, active kids at the time. And so my schedule was a little more stable. Mm -hmm. um, he was all over the country. Um, he, had, he had an office in Chicago for a while. He had an office in Berkeley. Um, so I, I wouldn't have said the paycheck. <laughs> I would have said um, <laughs> the, the regularity of you know, at least knowing where I was going to be for that 50, 60 hours a week. Right. Mm. Yeah, those 50 or 60 hours a week were stable and our kids needed that. And then I would come home on the weekends and blow it all up. <laughs> Mary, don't have to put it back together. When I leave. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness he didn't play golf or we would be divorced. Yeah. <laughs> So how, how did you do the hang gliding thing with kids? I'm just curious about that. <laughs> well, I, 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 I will share that with you. Um, when our uh, first child was about three years old, um, Mary Dawn being the adult in the room said, you know, it's about time for you to grow up. You know, <laughs> you, you really can't afford to go and spend uh, weekends spending eight hours sitting on the side of a mountain waiting for the wind conditions to get right so that you can launch. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was a, a lifestyle priority kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we, we, so, so in our courtship, um, we learned to fly hang gliders. Um, and so we, you know, that was, what, that was how we dated. Um, you know, we, we learned to fly on Lake Norman and then we graduated to the training hills and the mountains. Um, so, uh, so yeah. 
So that's got an interesting angle that I want to explore a little bit. You guys both had corporate careers, you with really big companies, you know, um, nobody fired anybody from, for hiring IBM. Right. <laughs> so, um, I think that's really interesting. And then you, you went into your entrepreneurial journey earlier, um, Joe, then Don, but um, then you've come back together in an entrepreneurial journey together, which I think is really interesting. Um, you guys were doing your own things, you know, Mary Dawn kind of kept the steady as she goes, you know, with the raising the kids and, you know, the big corporate job while you're doing entrepreneurial cool stuff. Um, what's that dynamic been like, um, coming together and how have you guys found a rhythm to where you're not stepping on each other's toes and all that kind of stuff? I'm really curious about that. Well, I, I think you asked two questions there. One is kind of how we came together and then one is how we work together. And yeah, and that's right. The, the, and, and let me just make one clarification. Um, um, <clears throat> my my career was really with uh, a, a large healthcare information systems company that was purchased by American Express. One of the ah. startups that I was involved in was eventually uh, purchased by IBM. So, um, okay, but anyway, gotcha. yeah. But after having said that, um, it's kind of interesting. We came together on Group Easy because of all of the time we spent engaging in social related groups around our kids and our, our, our faith journey and so forth. And we saw a lot of groups, social groups um, thrive. We saw a lot, many actually uh, kind of wither and die over time. Uh, Mary Don, you want to mm. talk so, about how we came together and then we can talk about how we work together. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so I think that um, I'm going to, as a, a, a philosophy major, I'm going to throw out a couple of words here. Um, you know, we, um, so, so we were incredibly independent. Um, you know, we, we juggled the balls very well. Um, but at a point in time, what we realized was that we had to um, develop a little more interdependence. And, and I'm going to say it, that is really when, um, and so Joe and I have always, um, Joe, Joe inspired my, um, my, he inspired me moving into the uh, computer engineering, um, uh, software engineering area at Appalachian. Um, hmm. You know, we've always we had a we've always had a lot of common friends and interests, and so as we got married and had kids and work. Um, we were sort of on like the parallel tracks. We, we, and we got to a place where we said, okay, we have to nurture this relationship. And so mm -hmm. I think it's at that point, we started playing tennis together. Um, we realized that we had to come back together and nurture some of those things that we love 
together as we had pre-kids. Yeah. 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 So, and it's, as far as working together, I, I think that we're blessed with complementary complementary skill sets. Um, I like to blow everything up and put it back together again until you know. Hopefully, each each iteration it's a little better than the past. And and Mary Dawn is an excellent process person, a ticking and a tire type person who can put together things and make sure the work gets done. Um, So gosh, you know, there's a little bit of uh, structure and there's a little bit of destructure or uh, disorganization. (laughs) And I think we've kind of found, found a way to make it kind of work together. Um, Mary Don. Joe makes that sound uh, uh, sort of ballistic. Um, what I would say is that he's kind of the blue sky, um, you know, the big idea guy. And, yeah. and, and he's, he is the master of understatement. Um, what Joe is really, really good at is synthesizing um, concepts and functions and and saying wow you know it would be really cool if you know Mm. this and this and um whereas i'm i'm the i'm the detail person okay if we're going to do this so how do we break this down into doable chunks so that we have a plan for arriving at this Oh, by the way, we, you know, do we have enough money to get us over <laughs> here? Details. So, <laughs> she, she's the adult in the room. That's the way I like it. <laughs> yeah. And Joe, you had said in a, a Biz Journals interview that that Mary Dawn has a, a very unique skill set. And it reminded me of uh, that Liam Neeson movie uh, of him saying that he's, I've got a very unique set of skills. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me tell you something. If you have work to be done, then you're going to get a call from Mary Doan at some point because most likely that work has not gotten done. You're going to get a call from her and she's going to say, I have a very unique set of skills and you need me. <laughs> you know, the, 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 one of the things you say about people like Mary Doan is if you want something done, give it to the, assign it to the busiest person you know. Right. And that's what people do with Mary Dawn, because busy people know how to get things done. Um, And she is the best at this that I've ever seen. So most of the time, if you're involved in important work and it hasn't gotten done, you can expect a call like from Liam Neeson. Right. Saying I've got a very (laughs) unique skill set. My wife would say I have a very unique skill set. And, you know, just simply saying being able to put together a project plan and executing to that plan understates the significance and importance of what someone like my wife brings to the table. Um, because it's really, you know, there's an old saying that in, in business that nothing happens until something's sold, right? Well, I would say that, uh, Nothing happens until the paycheck comes back because you've delivered on what's been sold. And if you want to get the work delivered, you need somebody like my wife. 
So I, I want to do a quick pause here because um, one of the things I've observed in business, wherever you've got really dynamic leader, that's very visionary. And I'm, I'm thinking about working under Hugh McCall in particular. I loved working under him. He was very visionary. I mean, he, what drove him, I heard him say many times was, I want to build a world-class city that's a great place to raise a family and grow a business. Well, guess what? Charlotte is becoming more and more of that. And yet he still today says, not yet and not, not for everyone. You know, so he's still, you know, he's relentless. But he had a very good execution person always tied to him. You, you have to have a very detail-oriented execution person in the right roles. And what I've also seen is when the visionary is gone and they hand, this is in big corporate, you know, in particular, but they, they hand the mantle to the detail person. The detail person typically is a terrible CEO. And I'm not saying that that would be the case with you, Mary Don. But what I've seen is you really need both of those things together to ignite the fire. Um, just a, you know, a shiny object chasing visionary is great, but they don't get anything done typically by themselves. And, you know, a detailed person needs that big vision caster to push them out of their comfort zone too. And so I just think that's a really interesting dynamic that you guys, it's very apparent, you know, it was very apparent when you and I first talked um, that that was kind of the dynamic there. So I, I think that's really cool. So anybody listening out there, you know, think about what makes you come alive. You guys used two words that I have used for a long time, thrive and wither, you know, and those are very important words because your thrive zone, Joe, is probably Mary Dodd's wither and vice versa, but yet they're, they're points of intersection there. So anyway. And, and uh, Gary, I just kind of throw in there that, <sighs> that, I am, I am an extrovert, and so I am a joiner. Um, I derive energy from being with people and connecting and setting a goal, meeting that goal, you know, uh, coming, ar coming around common <laughs> ideas. Um, and so I have, I'm going to say, practical experience here, what Joe Hewitt is capable of doing is listening to, 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 to that and being able to take, he's a problem solver. And so genericizing that and being able to, to, to break that down into its most elemental things and pieces, and then co cobbling this solution around it. And, and I think there, so there's that, there's that give and take. So we've got a creative, we've got an operational style, but we've also got sort of this creative give and take there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's cool <laughs> that's cool yeah it seems like you guys are having fun too i mean if you are <laughs> you make it really well so there's a netflix special called the alpinist that talks about um um 
um, a climber named Leclerc, who unfortunately and tragically was killed um, on a in an avalanche slide climbing someplace in Alaska. But he talks about um, how climbing solo without protection makes him feel so alive. Mm. And Mary Dawn and I were looking at each other last night and going, we know what he's talking about. <laughs> because because group easy, it's like, man, it's like climbing a uh, mountain without any protection. And it's <laughs> thrilling. And we're learning with every foothold and toehold we make. Um, so, uh, boy, it's exhilarating, I'll tell you. But it's not for the faint of, faint of heart, you know. So let's let's dive into that more because it, the interesting piece is you started it because it was a, a problem that you had experienced, right, through raising kids and things like church activities and stuff like that. So, so that was the catalyst for why to do it. But take us through the actual beginning phases of, of creating Group Easy, and then we'll kind of take the listeners through that evolution. Well, I, Mary Dawn's going to jump in here because she has a whole lot to say about groups and group dynamics. But at one level, it was like, you know, all these personal productivity apps out there like email and um, maybe Survey Monkey is not a personal productivity app, but everybody sort of knows what that's about mm -hmm. and Dropbox and all these things. You know, these things are really great for individuals, but they don't really work well for groups. And what if we were to take these things and package the essential ones and just the essential ones that are needed to support groups? You know, what would that look like? And then Mary Dawn, who knows all about group dynamics and processes and so forth, said, well, maybe it would look a little bit like this. Jump in here, Mary Dawn. I don't want to. <clears throat> well, so what I will say is, um, Ben, we did not, this is not, uh, we didn't create the idea of right. a collaborative, all-in-one sort of a platform. Corporate America solved that problem years ago, okay? And coming out of an environment where I lived on SharePoint, where my calendar was there and my documents and all my teams and all my lists of stuff and my workflow, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, and so when I went to a, when I went to a, very to a smaller company, you know, where, where I had a hundred people. Um, I'm, I'm going, wow. Okay. Um, and Joe and I <coughs> began realizing um, our kids were in high school. Joe was the, um, uh, the uh, president of our school booster club. We had Sunday school. And so we, we began to say, you know, there just has to be a better way. I mean, it is a really arrogant <clears throat> thing to think that you can run a group with email and a spreadsheet and yeah. keep everybody engaged. And so when you multiply that times five, okay. Everybody's time, in five groups. Everybody's in five groups. At least mm. your family, your neighborhood, your church, your kids' athletics, 
you know, and for somebody like me who who didn't know that no was a complete sentence until they were 60 years old, you know, I've got I've got 12 groups. Okay. So so how do you make this work? She ran 12 groups. <clears throat> wasn't just a member of 12 groups. She ran them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you are not an introvert. <laughs> Joe, on the other hand, okay. And so, you know, you know, that whole idea that, you know, I, I think it was Oscar Wilde that said, you know, I would never want to be a member of any group that would have me to be in their club. That was Joe's motto for a really long time until he was literally pressed into service. Um, he was a reluctant captain of several ships. <laughs> I, I want to hear what were you pressed into service was this in the boosters or was, it, was this before that it was the boosters well so <laughs> interestingly enough it actually started in our faith journey and and a lot of our faith journey my personal faith journey was actually started by Dome's mother <clears throat> uh, my mother-in-law who uh, I love and adore but she's my kind of spiritual guru, if you will. Uh, and that, that interest in spirituality kind of led me to stepping forward, if you will, in small group type discussion groups, presenting ideas around, you know, spirituality, faith, and so forth. Uh, but um, our kids went to a uh, small private school up here in uh, the Lake Norman area. And, um, we saw some things that just really compelled us to get involved. Um, and so that's where I really, I really uh -huh. began to get engaged in kind of uh, social group activities, um, running the booster club, uh, organizing oh, parent parents. Uh, yeah. Organizing parents, a parent organization and so forth. Um, so, yeah. You know, at some point you feel compelled to get involved. Even the biggest introvert <laughs> can't uh, sure. turn away. Um, so how, how does that play a role in in group easy now? So the personality mixed with some of this type of experience and almost being put in a position that you at the time, at least, weren't jumping out of your seat to go do. How does all that play a role in as it mixes together into group easy? <clears throat> Well, I mean, it's a safe space for me uh, because I'm involved with, you know, we have developers um, in um, Eastern European countries and so forth. So our, our organization is very virtual. And as a result of that, my focus is behind the scenes working with um, uh, the developers and so forth. Um, Mary Doan is more of, uh, the marketing forward look forward facing person of the organization. So there you go. Introvert on behind the scenes, extrovert, um, you know, well, don't, I, help me out here. I, well, so I think that um, there, there's, there, uh, there are three points that, that I'll make here. So first of all, um, uh, what, 
What I saw in my foray through corporate America was some very different leadership styles. Um, I saw command and control, you know, top down, um, you know, very military, if you will. Um, I saw sort of the family thing where it's all, you know, everybody's trying to do the best they can, but it's very chaotic and, um, you know, not a lot of, of process. <clears throat> and so we looked at groups and said, so how do we make, how do we create a structure where there's more of a, I'm going to say a decentralized sort of model where more people can take responsibility. A leader will be accountable, but how do we share information, make decision-making more democratic, where everyone, where everyone gets all the information they need to participate. There's a shared calendar. So there was this whole idea of decentralizing, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then making, creating a space where um, people can engage the way they need to engage. So there are different kinds of groups. Um, and, you know, um, it needs to be easy so that if I'm in my neighborhood, I can share my, um, you know, all my personal information. If I'm in a big political action group, you know, big social justice group, I may only want my telephone number and my email out there, right? So, so being respectful of how individuals participate um, was the uh, another principle, and then making it so that leaders. <clears throat> um, because they have shared um, responsibility and so that secession of that, so that there's some secession planning, right? So that handing off that leadership role is easy. Yeah. And you may think that that's sort of an esoteric point, <laughs> but so many groups <clears throat> have this sort of hero thing that happens. And so that leader, um, that leader is really the, the charismatic glue that's holding stuff together. And when that leader either burns out or moves or just, you know, is done, um, there's, there's no foundation <clears throat> for, and it's just so hard for somebody else to step up. So <clears throat> how do you look at, a creating something where a group will thrive over time. Yeah. And so I'm going to say those are, what do you, how do you, what do you think about that, Joe? Are, aren't those sort of three of the cornerstones for Well, us? thank you. Uh, now I better understand, I think, Ben's question. And, and I would say that, yes, I cannot more enthusiastically endorse what you're saying. 
I came, I was the um, leader of information technology when Novant was formed, which is a local healthcare delivery system. And we were what is called a Deming shop after Edward Deming and the father of continuous improvement and so forth. And what really resonated with me was the importance of the process workers, the people in the trenches who get work done, right? And there's this myth, and I use myth in the proper sense of the term, of the white knight, the white hero who comes in and saves the day. Um, and that is so uh, anathema to continuous improvement because to have continuous improvement, you have to have engagement of the people involved. And so that made a huge impact on me. So earlier when I said, uh, I hope people will say about me that I'm accepting and understanding and collaborative. Um, in terms of leadership, there's a very successful business guy here in Charlotte, uh, Hunter Edwards, whose motto is, come on, let's go, as opposed to you do this, you do that, and so forth. And that's really how I see things in terms of a leadership, is getting people organized, listening to them, making sure everybody's input is heard, and that they're all providing to what the solution is or the goal we're trying to achieve, which then becomes, well, you know, what does that mean for social groups that we're all involved in? How do you keep people engaged and enthusiastic and you help the group to thrive rather than over time wither away because of the energy sapping inefficiency and lack of communication and so forth? So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what got me engaged was talking to people and saying, we can do this a better way. Don't you think? What if, you know, as opposed to saying, let's do this or let's Let's do that. Yeah, no, it's interesting. What you're both describing reminds me of like HOA boards, right? Where people will be on it for a couple of years. And as soon as the president or somebody else leaves, all of a sudden it's like you're reinventing the wheel again and you're trying to patch everything together from the last person. And what you've done is found a way to, to smooth that out and make it so the group is the most important piece, not some individual that's going to ride in be the white knight for a couple of years and then move out of the neighborhood. It's like slime mold, right? <clears throat> you know, all these individual cells that creep, creep forward in the forest, they all move in unison together. Um, what happened? There's no leader, but they thrive. Most HOAs would not really cotton to being likened to slime mold, but I think they announced you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, but, but, but the idea of independent organisms, right, working together collaboratively um, means that almost it really redefines what the role of leadership is, right? It's not you do this, you do that, blah, 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 blah. It's about what kind of tools and processes need to be in place so that the group will thrive and then I can step away and somebody else can be the leader, right? So. <clears throat> so I wanna pivot a little bit and this is more selfish interest than anything. And I had mentioned it before the, uh, the episode, but Mary Dawn, you were uh, a philosophy major and studied philosophy. 
And, and then Joe, you had talked about how you approach this type of problem solving in a, in a different manner. So I want to dive in for a bit of what, what role has, has philosophy played in, in business for you, whether it's through problem solving or it's through like morals and ethics or whatever that is for you. How, how does that come into Group Easy and your dynamic between the two of you? Um, so what I will say to you is um, that, and so my philosophy degree is from Davidson College and Davidson College is an amazing institution. Um, you know, there's an adage that, uh, you know, a, a, a Davidson man needs no introduction. Um, and, and so I'll just say that, uh, I got a great education and there are just some really amazing, um, Davidson has made a huge impact on this community. Um, <clears throat> what, what I will say about my philosophy degree uh, and, and its relevance is that, um, I learned uh, respect, if you will, for the, the written word, for um, what good communication is about and um, what it means to <clears throat> mean what you say and say what you mean in terms of um, using words clearly. And so at the very core of it, I think that there's this analysis that goes on and there's a, a parsing of ideas and concepts and an ability, you know, to engage in the dialectic <laughs> and to look at ideas, whether they are, uh, you know, um, how should I say it? Um, whether they are, have to do with ethics, you know, politics, social justice, whether they are, um, you know, metaphysical in, in, in nature. Um, looking, being able to listen to what someone says, and and ask questions, right? There and and listen to what they say back to you. Um, I think those and, and then being able to cogently create. A, a, I'm going to say an argument or <laughs> to defend a given position that has absolutely helped me lay out context. In, in being able to present ideas. Um, you know, in corporate America, you know, there was always this whole, this thing of you do two weeks worth of analysis and you create this white paper and then you need to translate that into the one page cartoon that you are going to present to the room full, you know, to, to the people at the table, um, the boardroom. So, I, I feel like that that has helped me at every step of the way in being able to judge an audience 
and understand the level at which you need to present, but having being able to have um, well substantiated positions. Does that how did I do? Can, oh, that, can, that makes perfect sense. Can um, I just piggyback? Can can I be Mary Dawn's advocate here for just a minute? <clears throat> because what I see happen, do you know how much? conflict occurs when people are trying to work together and they're trying to figure out the best way to get something to done. And one person will say something and then two people will get in an argument about it. And it's because the three of them have not taken the time to clarify exactly what the terms are that they're talking about. And I would say that practically speaking, everything Mary Dawn has said is right, but practically speaking, what she brings to the table is a very rigorous approach at clarity and communication. <clears throat> and so often when that happens, um, what could have been conflict is quickly dissolved and you quickly get to common ground, right? So <clears throat> I would say the practical aspects of that philosophy degree, one of the things I see is that. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. So, um, in corporate America, I love I love that word picture. There's a lot about that, you know, where you spend weeks working on a white paper, and then you got to condense it down into a one pager, right? And like a snapshot, and give it to people that are, you know, high D's on the disc, you know, to you know, it's in three bullet points, right? You're like, oh man, you know, it's just painful. But when I think about what you guys have done here with Group Easy, and and I forgive me if I'm oversimplifying this, but uh, communication is the number one challenge whenever you bring more than one person together. <laughs> it's, it's always, you know, in every organization. But what, what I like about what you're doing here is you're facilitating communication, collaboration, connection, and organization. You know, simple. Keep it simple, and, which is what I, you know, it's hard to do that when it's, um, you know, Excel spreadsheets and texts or, you know, email or whatever. And just like, how do I keep this organized? And, and Ben, you mentioned something on the HOA thing. And I keep thinking, you know, I've got little in this little enclave that I'm in. We only have six houses. It was Charles Corral's boyhood home. And then they shoehorned five other houses around. And so we all have to take turns every year being president and, and vice president. And the first year that we moved in here, uh, you know, when we came in mid-year, oh, Gary, we nominate you to be president. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, but there was no documentation like sharing. And yet, you know, this little place, the new development part of this was in 2004. Well, that's not all that long ago, but just having a, a repository of critical documents like that would be so much easier. So I think that's really, really interesting. But I want to go back to something that both that you said earlier, Joe, that um, I want to dive into a little bit more of the dynamics, because I think you have a really cool platform here. And, and, you know, we've kind of gone into that and I want listeners to die. If that is ringing a bell with them, we'll go at the end of this on where you guys can go to learn more, because I think it's worth exploring. 
But you said something like, um, and you were referencing the um, the movie with was it Alpine? Is that what you were saying? Was it Alpine? the Alpinist? Okay, the Alpinist. So, <laughs> but climbing without protection makes me come alive. And you said that you feel like that. You know, like you're doing that with this this launch. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs feel that. So go a little bit deeper. Like what does like the vulnerability, what are the things that, that are like scary, exhilarating, you know, all of that. (laughs) And you said it's not for the faint of heart, right? So go into some of the specifics of your journey as you guys have gone into this realm some of the terrifying moments and, and the places where you feel completely alive. Well, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm not a mountain climber. I'm not an alpinist. But um, to me, the first step off the ground doesn't require a lot of courage. And the second, nor the third, nor the fourth. But as you start getting midway up and you're in the middle of pitches and you're getting very exposed, um, then it's easy to look around and become very frightened. But what the alpinist did, uh, the protagonist in this movie, um, the point that he brought out is you stay focused on your goal. And that's what Mary Dawn and I are doing. You know, we have a vision, we have a goal where we want social groups to thrive because with thriving comes connection and with people being in connection comes meaning and we think that that really forms the fabric of what we're all about so that's him so yeah so so it is a focus on the goal that allows us to keep going every day because if we didn't have this belief and this vision um what we're all about um Oh man, we we would fly apart easily because it's it's frightening, you know. We've put ourselves at risk financially and so forth, and we look at it and say, "Well, you know what? What we're trying to achieve is much more important." So, um, yeah, and the stuff that we have had to learn uh, along this journey is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. So focus on the goal. So what I will say to you is that Joe and I have, we have very broad skill sets. Um, You know, I know my way around technology. Joe is a master. Joe is probably the most voracious reader in, in, current technology that I know. I mean, he stays on top of it. Um, One of the things, one of the areas that we don't have expertise between us is the whole digital marketing thing. Mm -hmm. Gary, I may have shared this with you um, because we have been so good at so many things. Um, two, two years ago, we said, what can be so hard? <laughs> okay. You know, I, I 
mean, there are these, you know, 16 year old influencers that are making, you know, a million dollars a month. What can be so hard? <laughs> so um, figuring, so first of all, and I say this myself, finding the humility to say, OMG, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to know how to do this. Now I need to go and find, we need to go and find the right people to help us here. Um, that part has been a journey and we have had some amazing success and we have learned something. We have, we have learned invaluable lessons at every, at every turn, you know, there was the first, there was the, the Facebook, Instagram piece. Then there was the Google piece. And then there's the Captera piece. It, uh, you know, then there's the LinkedIn piece. So um, that has been, that has been such an incredible eye opener. And that's where because we don't have expertise, that's what I'm going to call, that's where I feel like I'm on the wall with no protection because it's, I don't have any expertise there, right? I am not in control. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know, it's funny. It, it, there, it, there is that kind of dichotomy of, vulnerability but when you embrace it call it out and call for help that exhilaration comes <clears throat> you know it's it's really interesting you know you get trapped on the mountain using that analogy if you refuse to admit the vulnerability and refuse to have the humility as you said Mary Don hey, I don't know what I'm doing in this, you know? And it, it, it silences imposter syndrome immediately yeah. when you do that. Gary, I mean, your point is, is spot on. Is it's, And this is going to sound trite, but it really is calling out your fears and embracing them. And when you do that, you realize how invigorating they are and what opportunities they really present. So, um, yeah. We've learned a lot. <clears throat> Spoken by a hang glider. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> An old hang glider, too, let me say. <laughs> hey, so the way I, I look at it, Jack LaLanne was on his 90th birthday pulling boats with his teeth swimming a mile. <laughs> truly remarkable. Something like that. Like, I want to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> So with, with how wide-ranging this has been, right, we've talked about thrill-seeking and philosophy and family and faith and business. Um, there's a question I'll ask every once in a while on podcasts that I want to put to each of you to, to at least wrap up. I think my last question is, how do each of you define success in your lives? Mary Dunn? Um, so... Um... Success for me is, um, and uh, I'll just go out there on the limb, um, is being uh, clean and sober, 
and uh, doing doing that next right thing and um, being uh, having the things <clears throat> about me to thrive. Um, family, um, plants, so animals, you know, I'm, I think I'm a caretaker by nature. Um, if the things about me are thriving, then my life's a success. Yeah. And, and I would say that, um, to me, when you talk about success, that almost conjures up this idea of, okay, you've achieved a goal. So you are successful. And I would say that, that, that no, that's, it's, it's entirely different from that. My idea of success is feeling engaged at every step along the way of the journey. <clears throat> um, you achieve something every day, hopefully every waking moment, uh, almost uh, to trivialize a point, uh, you achieve something. So staying focused on the journey and enjoying it, uh, to me, is what success is all about. I love it. That's fantastic. Gary, what about you? Any, any final thoughts or questions? Um, you've been really interesting. Like I, I didn't know about the hang gliding thing. And, you know, so I just think it kind of fits as we've gotten to know you better through this conversation, which I think is really cool. Um, and you said something, Joe, you know, or I, I don't, I think it was you, I don't remember, but I wrote it down with thriving comes connection, with connection comes meaning. Um, that's really beautiful. And I, and I wholeheartedly embrace that. And, um, you know, I, I wrote something recently and I said, without conviction on our why or our purpose and clarity on our desired destination, we, we likely won't have the gumption or tenacity required to reach the, uh, the road ahead, or, you know, our, what we're going for when the road gets tough, you know? And, and so you, you beautifully outlined your why. Why would you risk your, your you know, you guys <laughs> don't have to do this. You know, you guys have had successful careers, but you're, you're you know, you're back on the mountain again <laughs> and you're risking a lot you're feeling alive, but it's driven by this, you know, this bigger purpose, which I think is really cool. That's been a, a common theme, I think, you know, with everybody that we've had on this show, Ben, you know, I just can't think of anybody that hasn't, you know, articulated that. So I think, you know, it's beautiful. So thank Thanks. you so much for taking time out of your busy days and, doing what you're doing. And um, so where can the listeners find out more about you personally, as well as uh, your company? So, where uh, so you can find us at www.groupeasy.com. And uh, we both have LinkedIn profiles. Awesome. Perfect. We can put those in the show notes, right, Ben? Yep. We'll definitely link to both of those. Thanks, guys. Great conversation. Thank y'all. Enjoyed talking with you today.
Yeah, this is cool. We want to keep uh, tabs, and and I think I'm going to have to introduce our homeowners association to Group Easy. <laughs> I really do. I think it's like is necessary. So, there, thank well, you. Um, I will just say I will just make one more one more one more plug, <laughs> and that is that through uh, Joe Hewitt's uh, and our developers, uh, you know elegant design there is there's enough but there's not too much and it's not overwhelming if you can use email if you can use facebook you can use group easy 